Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos for the big game and the upcoming college basketball tournament. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to Greenlight's podcast. Mm. Big old show for y'all today. We've got Mark Titus, the new host of the Mark Titus Show. We've also got Fletcher Cox, defensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, Chris's former NFL teammate. First, we're going to talk to Mark. He's going to run through the NCAA tournament. We've got the final four teams finalized. We're going to talk matchups. We're going to talk how these teams got there. We're also going to take all coaches in the Sweet 16 and determine if they're heroes or villains based on their coaching style, history, everything. Chris and Macon then talk a little bit of football, guess Lamar Jackson's landing spot, and then we get into Fletcher Cox. He recaps the Super Bowl, the Eagles offseason, getting James Bradbury and Darius Slay back, having to say goodbye to C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He goes in depth on the Super Bowl, what he was feeling right afterwards. And then we end with a little bit of hunting talk with Fletcher. Y'all enjoy today's show. We've got love for you. We'll be back later this week. Y'all enjoy. I want to wish two people a happy birthday. I want to be the first to wish my wife a happy birthday on this pod. It happened March 26th. Yeah. So we're a couple days late on the pod, but um, I love you, Meg. Happy birthday. Glad you were born. And I also want to wish Kenny Chesney a happy birthday. That was also March 26th. You son of a bitch. Huge fan of (laughs) Kenny Chesney. Uh, And I don't know. I just didn't want to go without mentioning that. So. Look, I saw Kenny on uh, Thursday night, and it was magical. He's now 55 years old, and he's still got it. It's like he's like he's 35, just mm. bouncing around out there every every three or four days. Uh, what a remarkable man! The greatest recording artist of our time. Mm. Happy birthday too to your wife Megan. She is lovely. We love you, Megan. And uh, let me be the first to wish. Chris, mm. a happy birthday. Yeah. Chris, happy birthday. 38 years old. Tuesday, March the 28th, 2023. You are 38 years old. You know, I said this to somebody last year. I'm a middle-aged man. And they were like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. Check like, out the expectancies. I am a middle-aged man. Yeah. What's the average life expectancy for a tall white guy? I think it's about going 80, up. But in your level of wealth, it's higher. Okay. Well, wealth, but what about all the trauma on his body? Yeah, they got to take both of those into account, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Let me gas you up a little bit. Mm. 
you're a nice guy. Mm-hmm. You're thoughtful. Mm-hmm. You're caring. Mm-hmm. You're a good family man. Mm-hmm. Uh, charitable as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the football career was really cool. None of these mean more longevity. Oh yeah, no. Okay. You're you not work long. On self-improvement. You're yeah. Not, okay. Some of which has good impacts on your Thank longevity. You. Yeah. You're just a really good dude. Thank no, you. I just want to celebrate it. you for your birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, code break to you. Uh huh. You went to the Kenny Chesney concert, and after the show, you posted a picture of the stage from your seats, and then you posted a picture of you with Kenny Chesney. Yep. Anything you want to tell the people about that picture of Kenny Chesney and you? Okay, sure. That picture was from about six years ago. Now, I didn't say... Six years ago. I think so. What? It might have been longer than that. Okay, well, I, I have a way of knowing because I, I posted it to years. my, to my Instagram years, page. Dude, that, you look really young there. Oh, there it is. What's the, what's the date on that? <clears throat> What well, I don't oh, know because the... you posted it as, as if it was new. <laughs> she took it with a fucking. Uh... Well, for, I have a couple things to say. Nobody thinks I looked that much different, but then Kingston said I was gonna say you looked different. Yeah, you do look different. But he said like I looked a lot better in the younger pic. I I thought I was glowing up a little bit because I got I finally I'm getting professional haircuts. Yep. Um, you look thicker in that picture. That's what he said. Thicker. Yeah, you, were, and you were hitting the sauce more. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Not like. Not like Jim. Yeah. Okay, I'm about to find it. Um, Kenny Chesney and me, May 31st, 2015. Wow, yeah. almost eight years ago. Eight years ago. That's crazy. That's when you and I drove up to Pittsburgh together and met Kenny and... Uh, Richie Incognito ripped your shirt. Richie Incognito ripped my shirt. Uh, Kenny was lovely that night. Quiet guy. Yeah. He really uh, did talk to us for a while. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. You met Ben Roethlisberger. Hey. Yeah. Not as nice. He was nice. Uh, yeah. Pleasant. Uh, you, this is how good a guy you are. You know, you knew and know, you knew how much Kenny meant to me mm-hmm. and you were good enough to be like, Hey, Kenny, can I get a picture of you and my buddy? So mm-hmm. you didn't make it weird. I didn't weird. get a picture with Kenny. Right. And I didn't yeah. have to be like, Hey, Kenny. Can I get a picture? Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, can you take a picture of us? You you said, hey, Kenny, can I get a picture of... what I do. It's what I do. 10 out of 10 guy you are. All right. So, anyways, a <laughs> uh, couple things here before we get into Mark Titus, who's going to talk about college basketball with us. Um, I was at the bar Friday night. I was at Dirty Nellie's, which, as I pointed out on Twitter, Friday night is a bar with a with a uh, with a fireplace and it, and a dog and anything you could possibly want in a bar. They have it there. Um, and I just want to shout out Dirty Nellie's. But I ran into a guy at the end of the night who actually knocked his chair over as he came over to talk to me and Tom and Kevin mm. uh, and said, "We play you in softball Tuesday night." Oh wow! He said, "Them country boys from Waynesboro are coming." He's on a team called Pablo Sanchez or something like that. Uh, anyways, this guy was talking cash shit, so we need to get our ducks in a row tomorrow night because I think we're playing some some country boys. We've got a tight lineup. I will say I think it's B&B Electric on Tuesday night, tomorrow night. Dude, the and the, other, the night. other day when we were talking about this, the, the scariest profession mm-hmm. to play... It, like any trade profession... Refrigerator is repair. Terrifying. Electricians are at the top of the list. So I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty spooked by this guy. Don't tell JJ Reddick. <laughs> Fireman. Um, hey, I hate to ask, how'd y'all do game one? Oh, uh, we lost twelve to eleven. Bottom of the whatever. Wow, yeah. the walk-off yeah. infield single. We we it, have a lot dad's. of polarity in did, our lineup. We have some very good players. Did all you guys, guys play? Did yeah, all you guys all play? Everybody played. 
That did, was the problem. Who did that really well? Who did really well? Go, the middle Scott of the did really well. Scott did really well. Chris did really well. Scott's great in the field. Two for three, two doubles here. John Phillips hit a home run. Kyle played Oh, solid. John Phillips. Good. Good addition. What did you play in the field? Second base. Oh. Yeah, it's safe. I'm not going to get my my, I don't my, know. Uh, my family jewels exploded mm -hmm. and my arm is going to be safe there. The only place I have to throw the ball is first base. Well, uh, I know y'all might be real down about losing 12 to 11 late, but the adversity, if you learn to use it the right way, yep. it really can buy you a ticket to a place you couldn't have gotten to any other way. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, that's what Pablo Sanchez or whatever is hoping doesn't. Well, that's, right. that sounds like it could be a route. It ended well. Yeah, it might be. It ended well, though, because he came back in after he stumbled out of the bar and he brought me a tin of Zen. Oh, yeah, he said, very this nice. Is for, uh, this is for you. Uh, I'll see you Tuesday. And it was it was menthol. And I got home, and I had lost all my others in. And I actually, this guy came in clutch two in the morning. I'm at home, zinning uh, with. Uh, I'm getting high on somebody else's supply, and it happens to be one of our our rivals in the Charlottesville men's softball league. So, um, but don't let that cloud what he said first. He was talking some smack. He oh, he said to earn they, it back. They're gonna kick our ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They That's the forefront. That's the yeah. Yeah. mentality that we don't want to have. Exactly. I don't yeah, want to yeah, go yeah. soft because he gave me exactly. some zen. Hey, college basketball. Couple things this weekend. First off. I don't know, if you're a dad um, and you're a sports fan, there's, I, I don't know this from experience other than this weekend, but I would imagine you all have stories of where your kid became like a sports fan right before your eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, you were like, okay, this is the moment I have acquired a buddy to watch games with. You know, when you're a dad, your objective is to constantly look after your kids while your wife's doing all the things that she has to do to keep the household together. Uh, and in those moments, it's nice to be able to do what the fuck you want to do, which is watch college basketball a day. And my son, Waylon, who's seven years old now, uh, was with me by my side, sweating Miami, sweating San Diego State. Uh, he, sometimes he was on the other side of some of these games, but I watched a ton of basketball with Waylon this weekend. And there was a moment when he walked off the porch and he was talking to my wife, and I could hear him out there. And as the door opens, I hear him say, uh, San Diego State wants a low-scoring game. That's how they're going to win this. <laughs> and I, I said to myself, like, he has arrived. I have a sports fan. <laughs> Even if he was parroting his dad, I have a sports fan in my house that I can watch, watch basketball with, football with. Even though he's a Dolphins fan and we're working on that thing, even though he had his Dolphins shirt on the entire time, he was, uh, he was with me on San Diego State. He was with me on Miami. And I, after the game, and I, had, I was down big, and Miami, there was a future, and there was a big bet that went, went hand in hand with it. And I have started to teach my kid about like lines and gambling a little bit. Uh, I figure it's better that I teach him and not somebody else. Yeah. Um, seven maybe is a little too young, but... Um, I was about I was, that age. Yeah, I was going to say counterpoint yeah he's seven yeah but maybe if he knows what it is now it won't be so like forbidden fruit to him yeah you're not letting them gamble you're just teaching them stuff yes, which is exactly. that's like math it's age appropriate math yes i don't want to lie to him you know at the end of the game Can uh, I? why are you so happy that san diego state lost by one we were rooting for san diego state well i had two and a half points 
You know, like these are things that he's going to come asking about. You think I should gift him some benzodiazepines just no. to get... Whoa, chill. No. You know, you just introduce it early and they're not all about it later. No, dude. He's okay. not. He doesn't have a WinBet account. Okay. Well, you said he was on the other side of some of these. Why is Uncle making like a little he loopy? He takes pills. <laughs> so anyways, I've got a sports fan in the house. It's awesome. You uh, got to cultivate that because that's that's good for a bunch of reasons. Like yeah, you right? and him will get to go to games together. Also Philly's don't... opening day. We're going to Philly's opening day together and if you like i bet he might be a good athlete at some point watching sports is helpful to becoming good at sports. yeah but easy better at basketball than i was i know it's not hard to imagine <laughs> you but you don't want to push him too hard you know because no. then then there's burnout yep don't give, give and take believe me i don't think that's going to happen okay uh I, you know i go out to little league all the dads are like clamoring to coach i'm sitting my ass right where i am yep. <laughs> so like that's not gonna happen i heard the coach made him run to the trash cannon back yeah coach kev yeah yeah they, the conditioning is an important part of little league baseball but maybe not the trash can well fuck it antibodies yeah um hey real quick our tatty champs uh competition if you will of course uh you know everybody in the studio had to draw two Lottery balls, the first of which, uh, if that team wins the national championship, you get uh, you get a monetary gift. The second draw is the team that if they win the national championship, you have to get a tattoo uh, corresponding with that team's logo or something with the team like Kyle drew UConn. Mm-hmm. And at the time, at the start of the tournament, everybody was like, oh, UConn could be dicey, but, you know, they're like a four seed. Well, they're the only team left. I mean, Creighton went down Ooh, this weekend. That so Matt doesn't have sweet to get relief. a Blue Jay tattoo. What was gonna? What was your Blue Jay tattoo gonna be? <laughs> I was actually gonna get a Cardinal and a Blue Jay sitting on a tree. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's fucking lame. <laughs> oh, but like St. Louis, and then also the State Bird of Virginia is the Cardinal. Yeah, I have a Cardinal tattoo, so it's not that. It's just that he. Yeah. Well, Kyle's got to probably get a Husky tattoo now because they're probably gonna win the whole damn thing. What if Kyle says, "Hey"? Meet me halfway. I'll do German Shepherd. Also a dog. I love no. German Shepherds. Okay. He's All got right. this German Shepherd. Uh, they speak to it in German. <laughs> it's like it's you know I get I get having a a dog that does all sorts of like, but just hire a nanny or something. Like people are like, oh look at my German Shepherd just saved my kid from drowning. You know like stuff like that. Oh the German Shepherd just took the trash out. You know there's people for this. Or you could take the trash out. You could watch your kid. Uh, they watch their kids. It's just that the German Shepherd, it's like, oh, look what this dog can do. Mm-hmm. How many times can I watch the dog fetch the ball? Mm-hmm. You know, I want my dog to be a lazy man's best friend. Anyways, Kyle's obsessed with this fucking dog. His mm-hmm. name's Bear. We're not going to let Kyle get a bear tattoo. We're okay. not going to let Kyle get a tattoo of bear. It's got to be a husky or Jim Calhoun. Like the East Hartford skyline. <laughs> I don't think that's going to play. Okay. Stores? I don't think that's going to play. So, we'll see. Uh, Last night, last thing before Titus, Succession came back on. Best show going. It's a great show. Best show going. You forget forget about how how good and smart the show is. It's really a comedy wrapped inside of a drama. Mm -hmm. Some might even say tragedy but it's it's a comedy at its heart and the writing is unbelievable and it was awesome and i i'm afraid they're going to leave us wanting more this feels like the perfect penultimate season you know the two sides are apart kids and dad but of course this is the the final go so spoiler alert right here Mm -hmm. 
is is Logan just he set them up? Is that what was going on the entire first episode? You know, because oh, it, it felt it like when, when he lost the bid for uh, with with the Pierces, mm-hmm. uh, he was pissed. But I thought he was just fucking with the kids to make him overpay for this media company. I think it's supposed to be ambiguous, and yep. we're not sure which if he's like Machiavellian trying to fuck them over or not. Well, Tom could have. He could have directed Tom to plant with Shiv, hey, I was with Naomi Pierce, but it wasn't a date. Mm-hmm. If he's that kind of puppet master, that would be brilliant. Oh, I think he's playing them all. Um, but then he would have been doing a lot of good acting throughout that episode and not letting well, us peek behind the curtain. Why didn't he blow up on Greg when Greg told him he got a hand job in his guest bedroom? You know, like if he were really pissed off. Well, then he moment. called him a sicko. Yeah, Greg but I reports. Think he smiled, though, was Greg's. Yeah. He kind of smiled at yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that begs the question. Did you any, rummage to fruition? Yeah. <laughs> any any favorite lines or, uh, or or parts of episode one? Um, Roman talking to Carrie. I, I'm not going to speak in such colorful language, but asking, you know, saying we'd hear you better if you would take his yeah. out of your... Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was... I, I had a couple. Spicy. I like to think of this pod as kind of like Substack meets Masterclass meets The Economist meets The New Yorker. That's how I always think of it. <laughs> I also thought some of that branding for the hundred looked pretty good. Oh god! I know they've abandoned it, but I thought it looked nice. Bevel Conway, Roman Roy. I liked his little uh, uh, Miami Vice look nice. in L.A. Cha-ching, am I right? That was my favorite line. Cha-ching. Uh, <laughs> he went cha-ching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cha-ching. Yeah, the she selfie, goes, Bridget. Cha-ching. Yeah. Cha-ching, am I right? Uh, that was a good one. Uh, I liked, uh, you know, Tom was back in full force. Tom and Greg, we had a lot of Tom and Greg. Yep. Drug-addled cock monster. Uh, <laughs> ludicrously, what, what, Carpaceous bag? What, what's Capacious. That? Capacious bag. And look at this. They were, they were roasting homegirl's bag. I love that. Uh, and, this isn't fucking Shake Shack, Greg. This isn't a pre-fuck party. It's a birthday party. <laughs> the people, look at the in- search interest in Capacious. March 26th at 9.20, all of a sudden oh, just jumped really up good, cause crazy because everybody was looking it up. I almost looked it up. That's amazing. I did look it up. It you, means like having a ton of space within it. Yeah, the bag was huge. Mm-hmm. You can do this? Oh, sure. Oh, that's interesting. Google Trends, my friend. That's wow. interesting. I also love... Do a uh, green light pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it appears for... Three weeks when Chris went on vacation, it went way down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also liked, uh, what's his name? Uh, your, your guy, Ferris Bueller. Uh, Alan, Alan Roy. Alan, yeah, Alan Connor Roy. Roy. Yeah, Connor Roy talking about, uh, he, what was he talking about? He said how much he spent. He goes, the concern is that number being squeezed. <laughs> Nevertheless, like minus 100 million. Yeah. So he was talking about holding 1% of the vote. And, uh, and Greg's like, what's lower than one? Decimals. <laughs> Decimals. I just love how he was so focused on maintaining 1% of the vote. Yeah. Um, and then he wants to get married at the Statue of Liberty with, yeah, like, bum, bum fights. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just not a, he's not a serious person. It's, it's, uh, it's a great show. Glad it's back. Pick it up, episode two. All right, here's Mark Titus. We had a little bit of NFL news and then Fletcher Cox. What a time to be alive, guys. You know, March is one of my favorite months to enjoy an ice-cold Miller light. whether I'm watching college hoops with my buddies or I'm heading outside because the weather's starting to improve, maybe going for a hike. 
Uh, there's nothing that can beat an ice-cold Miller Lite. Miller Lite has an incredibly dependable flavor. It's a light beer for people who love beer, whether it's celebrating a game winner or you know commiserating your bracket getting busted or it's uh, having a cold one on the trail. Miller Lite makes conversation with friends easy and fun. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks. Malted barley gives the rich, balanced, toffee note flavors and golden color you know and love. It's the original light beer and still the best one. Today is the perfect time for friends, family, and a great tasting light beer. Nothing beats the refreshing, clean finish. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com slash Greenlight to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. Cash App. The easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people. And that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies. We all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an easy way to send and spend money, save and invest in stock and Bitcoin. Cash App, however, does not provide a dry pair of pants. You want to remember that when you get off the river. Try the number one finance app in the App Store. Whether sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, or gifting, that's money and that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today to create your own cash tag. All right, this is cool. I get to see Mark Titus. I did not get to see Mark Titus a couple weeks ago. You snuck in a Mark Titus on me while I was on vacation. Yeah, you're thinking that Tate Frazier is who I snuck in on you. But, hey, at one point they oh, were yeah, synonymous. Yeah, you got in a Tate Frazier, not yeah. a Mark Titus. That, yeah. I thanked him last night for coming on the show, too. This is, this is <laughs> what's called, like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is what's called a neg. <clears throat> yeah, welcome on, oh. Mr. March, Mark Titus. I was on vacation, you know, and yeah. I told you I don't listen to the shows. Yeah. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like. Did we try to get Mark Titus? Did you try to get Titus and then Tate, or did you try to get Tate and then Titus? Good spin. I think what we talked about was uh, we'll we'll go Tate. You know, uh-huh. right right in front of the big ringer announcement, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then when the tournament really starts mm-hmm. going, we'll get, Titus. we'll get the big guy. That's today. Yeah, that's today. yeah. We're, okay. Where do you guys land in the divorce is the question people are having. Um, this, this, is, this happened to Tate and I, and it will continue to happen the rest of our lives, so don't feel too bad. That I, I get people that, that tweet at me all the time that I talk about North Carolina too much, and we get it. You went to North Carolina, shut the hell up about North And I'm like, I think we might have the two of us confused. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I land squarely in the middle. I want to spend time at both their houses. You yeah, know, I'll, like pick right. me up on Friday. Two and Christmases. i happy to be there. Yeah, no, I get two Christmases. I'll let you thing. know in about 20 minutes. Let's see how this goes. Oh, this is good. <laughs> hey, if your lady Buckeyes can get the Hokies tonight, oh, then it's, please. Then it's tight. Please? Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. go. Let's Could go. We're please? aligned there for sure. Because you know you know the thing about the, the national championships. You know the thing, right? I'm well aware. Yeah, I've been. I, I remember my trip to Charlottesville. All of the, the UVA people um, pointing that out to me over and over. We like to point that out. Yeah. But, but they, they won. Correct me if I'm wrong. They've won like a fishing championship. Or is that, is that Oklahoma's? Yeah, no, you're right. 
Yeah, but tech one and yeah, yeah. individual. Yeah, until there's two guys with one hook on on one fish, two guys, two hooks on one fish, it's not a team sport. Correct. Not recognized count. by the NCAA. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it doesn't count. I think they won like uh, gardening as well or something. But K State obviously out, so they don't get a shot. They're the other team without a, a national championship. Strangely, um, but yeah, please take care of that tonight. How do you feel about that game? Uh, I, the, the, the lady Buckeyes are pure chaos. That's how they play basketball. Um, so I, I think being, when we're an underdog, I like it when we're favored, I, I hate it. So I, th- I think we're a slight dog and I think, you know, Virginia Tech's the one seed. So I like that. I mean, we beat the hell out of UConn and no one saw that coming. That's so right. if we, if we can hand UConn their asses, I'm sure Virginia Tech's no problem, but okay. I, I gotta be honest, fellas, I haven't, I haven't crunched the Virginia Tech women's basketball tape this year yeah i haven't I'm been not, crunching it either but i'm gonna crunch it tonight it. <laughs> i'm gonna put some chickens on that game right now i don't care what the line is i'm betting the buckeyes mark thirty thousand foot view we've got a five a nine a five and a four in this final four is this yeah. an, is this an a plus tourney for you is this a c minus where does it fall i give it a b plus i think uh i i, th- I, I we needed like one Big, uh, we need like a one or a two seed, I think, in the final four. UConn's playing like a one seed, yeah, UConn looks they, like yeah, a one yeah, seed, yeah, yeah. So, but, but I, I, uh, I'm fine with the teams that are in it though, because I don't, I don't think any of these, I don't think San Diego State, Miami, or Florida Atlantic are Cinderella's, even though their seeds kind of feel like they, they might be. Um, I feel like all three of these teams, I mean, Florida Atlantic led the country in wins this year, and they, they, they were, they've been a very good team all year. Miami won the ACC, San Diego State has one of the best teams they've had in a long time, so, um, it's not like a I, – I think if we looked up – and it, this doesn't feel like Butler VCU to me in 2011 when that was the Final Four game and everyone was like, man, I, I really enjoyed cheering for these teams on the path here, but now that Final Four Saturday is here, I have to watch Butler play VCU in a Final right. Four game. Right. Um, I don't feel that way about San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, even though I'm sure a lot of people do, because San Diego State plays very, very ugly basketball. I like watching San, uh, like watching San Diego State because I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that? Yeah. Stockholm syndrome. You've been indoctrinated, uh, yeah. So yeah, I uh, I know you compared uh, San Diego State to Virginia. Uh, are, are, you know, like is this the Final Four? Is it bad for business for the NCAA? Because like Miami snuck in. Um, you know, it could have been Texas. The, the Final Four is in Houston. Yeah. I know Texas would have traveled really well, but Miami's probably going to travel well. Like, from a TV standpoint and from, like, a uh, ratings and, and ticket sales standpoint, is it just a big shit show for them? I think it probably is, yeah. Yeah, which uh, I, I think if you're a fan of one of these four teams, you get very mad when people start talking that way because you, you obviously care deeply about what's going on. And I do – I care. Like, I think these are good teams, and it's going to be a great Final Four in terms of the quality of basketball, but – uh yeah I, I i can't imagine ticket prices are going to be through the roof especially coming on the heels of last year's final four with mm-hmm. duke carolina kansas and uh villanova mm-hmm. and coach k's final game and all. i mean like the the whiplash of uh going from that to this is is i i, I i'm curious what the crowd will be like because yeah you're right if if houston or texas was in it i think people there, there's some juice to it having the local flair um but i i can't imagine Three schools making their debut trips. Uh, UConn will show out; they always do. Um, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to like make this a hot ticket. I don't know. They we'll they see. are playing like a one seed. Like you watch them against Gonzaga, and they look like a national championship team. Uh, can anybody beat them left in this thing? Um, 
I, I think with UConn, it's kind of them beating themselves. Now, Miami, the way Miami plays, uh, I would describe as, like, not playing basketball. They're just hooping. They're just, like, dudes yeah. out there hooping. <laughs> and um, that can be scary if you're a team like UConn because you almost, like, don't know what you're going to get out of Miami. Like, they just the, – Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong and Jordan, Jordan Miller literally didn't miss against uh, Texas in the lead eight game. Like, these guys just, just – play so free and loose that um if if Miami does not miss like it felt like they didn't miss against Houston and uh they didn't miss from the free throw line against Texas like they're 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 a scary team for that reason but UConn if every team brings their A game UConn wins this thing pretty easily um yeah it's just you know UConn can Andre Jackson gets left wide open from three and sometimes he forgets why he's left wide open and will just like start chucking up threes and breaking them and um I don't know. UConn can get a little sloppy at times, but they're so dialed in right now. I don't. I'm just trying to talk myself into a scenario where they don't roll through this thing, and I don't yeah. know. I don't know if there really is one other than just like Miami gets super hot. I was impressed with Miami yesterday, and, and we were talking about this offline. Like I was in a big hole, and I needed a Miami future to hit, and then I stacked on top of that, and I was like, "Hey, let's just burn the ships and and root for the Canes." And <laughs> they were down 12, and I asked Macon, "Am I fucked?" And he's like, "No, bet the live line at this point." So. I mean, uh-huh. Miami win was huge, and I was really struck by the fact that it felt like Texas could not miss for periods of that ball game, and the lead didn't balloon out of control because Miami just kept the pace up, and they didn't miss. I mean, yeah. you talked about from the free throw line and uh, their pace of play. It was a really exciting game. Um, I, I, five and a half is the number uh, this weekend, UConn-Miami. Where would you land there? Well... I mean, the thing about Miami is they're they're never out of the game like they showed in Texas that they'll mm. they'll just they 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 really do just play like it's a pickup basketball game and it's I I said this on my show that it feels like there's a point sometime in the second half where they all decide during a timeout to look up at the score and the clock for the first time in the game and then they're like ah oh, shit we're down twelve all right mm-hmm. so let's start playing defense now and like let's start mm-hmm. let's like lock in and that makes them terrifying uh for because UConn is another t- as a team that has been comfortable blowing everybody out. Um, so you wonder if like UConn takes their foot, if UConn gets up like 17, maybe they take their foot off the gas. Miami still like comes back and and makes this thing close. Um, I, I I don't know. Miami, the only thing I feel comfortable with Miami betting in this tournament is the over. They hit the overs like crazy. They, their combination of pace and, and they're, they have so many shot makers and they're not exactly interested in defense for 40 minutes. Um, that, that makes me, but I, I mean, UConn is is more than five and a half points better, yeah. but it. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I like the, the end of games get wonky because Miami's like never really out of it. They never. They yeah. never give up, and they, you know, th- that's what they do. So and they don't have to hit threes to to come back. I mean, they they attack the yeah. basket like crazy. So yeah. Before we move on from the Canes, Titus, can you separate the Miami payroll from the Miami success? I mean, it's easy to poke at. <laughs> But Nigel Pack's over there playing basketball for eight hundred thousand right. dollars over two years, and maybe some would well, say this has been happening in the past, and now it's just legal, and and you're gonna you're gonna bang us for doing something that's legal. But you know what's as funny an about this? Fan, at least it's it's tough. Yeah. The what dovetail a nice little dovetail with Nigel Pack is that uh, when he entered the transfer portal, he's from Indianapolis. He's an Indiana. He went to Kyle Guy's high school, Lawrence Central. Oh, he's yeah. A, he's, he's 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 yeah. He's a he's a he's a Lawrence Central guy, just like Kyle Guy. Oh. Um, so when he decided he wanted to transfer from Kansas State, there was a belief and uh, around Purdue's program that they could get him because Purdue was in desperate need. <laughs> 
of of a guard of like a lead guard for March moments, and that's what Purdue needed badly. They thought they were going to get him. He he gets an offer for eight hundred grand to Miami. Purdue's like, we don't play that game. We don't we don't have eight hundred oh, grand. We have Neil did. Armstrong statues. That's what we have. <laughs> um, and uh, so he goes to he goes to Miami, and that's like that's kind of funny because that's sort of become the. Store, like if Purdue had Nigel Pack, like think about how good they would have been. And their lack of a guard is ultimately why they lost to a 16 seed. And now this man is down at Miami, just balling out. Uh, so I, I kind of chuckle at that. The, the basically 800 grand made Purdue lose to a 16 seed and uh, got Miami to the Final Four. But no, I could separate. I mean, like it's, it's, it feels a little dirty because it, it's just like so different from how we're used to thinking about this stuff. But I don't know. That's the game now. And, yeah, and Miami, I mean, like when. You know, that's just, that's the you, game. You'll see this more, though. I mean, right? I, the, this kind of tournament, I feel like it's not a coincidence to a degree, you know, with the NIL and with the transfer portal, seeing these teams kind of pop up, make these runs, the upsets. And, you know, why not buy a team? It's way cheaper yeah. to buy success in basketball than it is in football. Uh, and, and it's way more than reach. Greg McDermott, but, that snake at Creighton's currently doing it right now as Isaac <clears throat> Trout announces his uh, entrance into the transfer portal, <laughs> leaving Virginia. <laughs> a little, but the, uh, the flip side of that is uh, Florida Atlantic's basically the exact same team they had last year. They just mm-hmm. didn't, you know, they just all got better. Like they, they, John L. Davis, their best player this year, like was just like kind of a role guy on the team last year had a great offseason and came in this year and looks like an NBA future NBA player so um I don't know that's the beauty of the sport is like I don't think there really is one way to do it there's a bunch of different ways to do it um and one of them now is just paying players is just straight up saying mm-hmm. we're going to offer this man the most money and he's gonna take us to a final four who are the best NBA players uh remaining in this in this tournament um while you think they're Mark- probably this is the yeah, first Final ahead. Four without a single former McDonald's All-American since the NCAA tournament wow. began seeding teams in 1979. That's crazy. Um, it's probably they're probably all on UConn, honestly. Like probably every single one of them is on UConn. It's right. uh, Jordan Hawkins, it's Andre Jackson, uh, Klingon Sonogo. I don't know how much run they'll get in in the NBA. Um, it's it's I mean like Isaiah Wong may like. You can maybe talk John L. Davis. I think has an outside shot on Florida Atlantic. Like he's 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 a younger dude who's like just gotten so much better. Um, and and he's he's really impressed me. Six four and and you know he could score and he's tough and plays defense. Uh, but yeah, it's this is this is one of the worst NBA draft Final Fours maybe ever as well. Like really? to, to your point, making like the final the 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 McDonald's All American, the lack of McDonald's All Americans kind of speaks to the lack of NBA talent. So I. That that going back to like the hot ticket and the the casual fan interest and all that sort of stuff. The people that are NBA fans that are tuning in to see uh, the next crop of NBA stars are, are going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, what about um, exactly? <laughs> yeah, what about Noel? And he's he's eliminated, and he was kind of the the story. I feel like of this tournament is kind of a shame that Kansas State got eliminated because I felt like this is the guy you're going to remember on this run, no yeah. matter how it ends. Um, just a really heroic performance at times i was like with the shot selection what the fuck are we doing late but that's kind of i know, I know, makes, I know. that makes him who he is um but is that guy too small to to see looks at the next level i mean that was my take when my wife asked me yeah. on the couch but uh but what what do you say 
He's probably too old, too too ball dominant. Because like a guy like him, if he's gonna be great in the NBA, he's gonna have to have the ball in his hands. And I I don't think he's good enough to like step into an NBA franchise and say like let me have the highest usage rate on this team. And if he's not doing that, like what are you doing with him? Um, I don't know. I mean, he'll he'll get his shot. I know that. Like he's gonna he's gonna get a chance. Uh, and I don't think his size is. You know, Isaiah Thomas is five nine and was was incredible for a few stretches until the Celtics threw his carcass into a gutter and said, mm-hmm. "Figure it out on your own, buddy." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't think his size is, is the problem. It's, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, I think uh, kind of his style of play, like you said, he, he's when he's hitting and he's making flashy plays, he's awesome. But then sometimes he can shoot you out of a game. My question: Do you guys think that that he would have gotten? I, I love the story, and I, I'm I'm all in, and I'm not trying to be a hater, even though people interpret this the wrong way. But do you think if this wasn't happening in Madison Square Garden, and this was in Kansas City, he was playing? Well, I guess Kansas State, Kansas City. If he was playing in in Atlanta, and their regional was in Atlanta, and he was doing all of this in Atlanta as a New York City kid, do you think we would care as much, or do you think like there's some small part that was like the New York City kid playing New York City basketball in Madison Square Garden played into all of it? I think he was spectacular, regardless of where he was from. I mean, that was icing on the cake for me, you know, uh, the New York theme. But, I mean, the, 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 the bank shot three the other day, coming, you know, his ankle being jacked up, coming back in, yeah. thinking he's not going to be able to. And then he just it just uh, highlight tape pass after highlight tape pass. Uh, and that was a fun team. You know, their coach, and we'll talk about heroes and villains in a little bit. He's one I want to I wanna, you know, square in on. Made a lot of noise coming in the FAU locker room. I mean, like, Kansas State was a story this year. And I think without him, yeah. that story is a lot more boring. So I was I was captivated with him no matter where he was from. Yeah, I think a no-look pass in traffic is a no-look pass in traffic, whether it's in New York or, or Atlanta. Yeah. But, <laughs> hey, we had, we had the mic'd up, uh, mic'd up brother in the stands for crying out loud. Oh, I know. That was crazy. I've yeah. never seen anybody that – well, I don't, I don't know if they mic people up in the stands a lot. No, I don't think that's a yeah. thing. Um, but Jerome Tang is an interesting test study for this hero or villain. Okay, hero or villain. Yeah. Well, let's do hero hmm. or villains. Um, let let me just get the K State thing clear. They had nobody returning. Is that right? Was it nobody? Basically, they were nobody. To be last yeah, in the they, Big Twelve. They were. Yeah, they were basically last. Yeah, they they were not supposed to. Nobody on the roster was committed to K-State out of high school. Yeah, I think that's what right. it is. Yeah. And this guy's former yeah. Baylor assistant, uh, charismatic. Wearing the lavender get-up. I say, I say villain. I think he's trying so hard to be a hero <laughs> that he's hiding something. I'm with you. I don't trust him. Now, he might be a great guy, but, and I could be wrong, but from where I sit, it's like uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. I think you guys have a good read on this. I think he's. I think this year in a vacuum, if if Jerome Tang retires tomorrow and we never see him again, he's definitively a hero. But I think as his career progresses, there are going to be some cracks in the dam, and you're going to say like going into the locker room is a good one. You know, like if Coach K does this, obviously, and he has in the past, we kill him for it. Um, Jerome Tang has been mostly likable this year, though. So like. He, he, you know, but as as his career continues and he keeps doing this sort of stuff, and there keeps being a little like he, he's very likable until there's like some moments where you're just like, huh, that was weird. It seems a little political that, going in the other team's locker room, you know. 
you know, you know, the also, cameras are going to pick it's that a coach up. K yeah. Move, yeah. yeah, it's a coach K move. And if I'm an FAU coach, if I'm um, Dusty May, Dusty May hero, I'm thinking right. like, these are my fucking guys. You think Dusty May is a right. hero? Yeah. Okay. How about, how about Dusty May is a hero? Musselman's a hero. Muss? Yeah. Ah. No? This is going to be complicated for the Barstool employee, but yeah, I I, I'd rather, <laughs> I like my coaches with their shirts on. Okay. There's no, I I think Muss Muss is the villain that you like to cheer for. That's how I I he's like the anti-hero, I think. He's 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 definitively a villain in college basketball cuz he talks a ton of shit. Uh every time he every time his team loses, he's like berating the refs and and you know like Arkansas fan uh I I I had an SEC person uh tell me one time that Eric Musselman since he's gotten Arkansas has not lost a game. It's the the refs have blown it for him. Um, <laughs> it's like every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh and and but at the same time there's something charming about him and he's he's very authentic. So you know, I I I do genuinely believe that Muss is authentic. I believe that like what you're seeing is like who that guy is. Um it's just whether you like the guy. So I, 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 my read on him is like he's an anti-hero. He's he's like definitively a villain in college basketball, but there's something about him that's you want to cheer for nonetheless. If that makes sense. Do you do you need to have a conversation about Dusty May because he's he's Dusty May. I mean, Carolina would be well served to fire um, Hubert Davis, <laughs> aka Matt Doherty, right now and hire a guy like Dusty May. Who well, I don't like the way he wears there. his Q-zip, honestly. That's true. That is uh, a problem. I thought it was better this weekend slightly. Yeah, but you see what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, and the was, interviews were weird until this weekend. He was also a student manager under Bobby Knight. Yep. So yep. there's that. I don't know. There's a little uh, trace of villain. Uh, Jim Laranega, hero. Yeah. Jesus, how, are you thinking about it? Well, I, I just – he's more of a, a killer than he lets on. Like, it's just, oh, <laughs> grandpa is taking us to a Final Four. Yep. Like, he's born and bred, New York cat. Yeah. On the, on the, on the, the public court. He, he took off the edge. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's also, you know, he's got a payroll of several million dollars on the club. I like Jim Laranega. <laughs> the suckers, we've talked about the suckers. His tongue couldn't be more red. I'll say hero. I'm just saying it's not as definitive as you. Okay, might Mark think. Few. Wow. Let's oh, talk. Oh, oh, the the thing. What is it? A tilde on on the end in Larinaga. Yeah. I think that's new since he got to Miami. Oh. <laughs> he gets to South Florida and now he's Jim Larinaga. He was Larinaga. He was Larinaga in, in, in George Mason. Yeah. Uh, just look out for Jim. Okay, talk to me about. First off, is Mark Few a hero or a, or a villain, Titus? And then. Uh, are the Zags going to hit a bump in the road here without Drew Timmy he's, and some of the guard play yeah. that they've been accustomed to having? He's he's a villain, right? He's got to be a villain. The, the DUI put him over the the. Yeah. You know, and, Dude, and the I dogs, think there's though, like a you know, like if you want to, you want to have three German Shepherds <laughs> in the car. And I watched the DUI <laughs> video last night in preparation for this segment, and I had never seen it. That guy has got a lot of ankle injuries. Okay, <laughs> he couldn't do any of the field sobriety tests because of his ankles and his knees, LCL, PCL. He's got weak ankles. <laughs> you know, half the video was the cop learning anatomy, and then when it was time for him to do like the follow the finger with the nose thing, he couldn't do that anything anyways because of his ankles yeah, either. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know what to make I, of that. I, 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 what do you say? I think there's also there's also an element of Mark Few. Uh, 
stepping into the chair of like I I am the the figure of coach. Didn't he like testify in front of Congress? He, where he's like, I'm the voice of college basketball now that you know mm. Bayheim and Kay and and uh, Roy are out. I'm going to step up and become the voice of college basketball. And I think that's a villain move because you have not earned that at all. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you have not mm-hmm. won a national championship. Um, and I, I, for me, I like my voices of college basketball to have won a national championship. I, I think mm-hmm. you have to have earned your, your your seat at the table. So in that regard, he feels a little too power hungry for me. I feel like you have to earn the power. You don't, you don't just go take it. You know, now l- let me ask so. you this because we do an all vibes team here, uh, which you might be familiar with. It's just uh, the guys with the best vibes in the tournament. Uh, I, I've taken Drew Timmy t- two years in a row. I think he's got great vibes. Uh, what say you about Drew Timmy's vibes? Uh, as a background, as an aside, Macon drafted uh, who was it last Chet. year? Chet, Chet Holmgren uh, mm-hmm. thought he had better vibes. Yeah, than Drew that's Timmy. right. That's right. No, no, no. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy's got the vibes. Timmy's oh. the vibes guy. You want to read yeah, the whole team me... off to see who won the draft? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I sure. had. Uh, I, I got you. Okay. This year? Yeah, mm-hmm. this year. You really drafted Elijah Martin? No. That sounds yeah. like the cowboy. I did? No, no, no you did. Who is he? Because the dunk. Oh, yeah, he's the, the guy dunk. from FAU who tried yeah. to, to, to yam it with no is time a... left on the clock. That's a is hero move. Is that a move. villain move? That's no, a it's hero a hero move. move. Yeah, because I okay. hate this. It's like, hey, we're going to try for the last – you know, we're going to try for the last 90, sec- 90 of 120 seconds in the game, but the last 30 seconds, we're done trying now. You know, like, you can't do anything. I don't believe in that. I, be- I-, I believe in playing to the whistle. So I liked, not only did I like him shooting before the end of the game, but a 360 windmill. Okay. Yeah, hero. Okay, there were three teams. We've already given one of them away. But team one was Drew Timmy, Tyson Walker, Elijah Martin, a uh, big European cat from Tennessee, and DJ Burns. Now, once you know, I drafted him for bloodying a Duke player, so that's pretty yeah. hard to argue with that. The second team was uh, Ricky Council the fourth, though drafted as Ricky Council yep. Jr., who was another person. Adama Sinogo, John L. <laughs> Davis, Tremont Mark, uh, Aboom, Aboomwa, Aboomwa. And uh, the third team was Sule Boom, Jaime Jaquez, Isaiah Wong, Marquise Noel, and Norchad O'Meara. Oh, I like the third team. Oh, I, like I do too, Mark. So, I do too, Mark. <laughs> I think the first. So the first team was Chris. Chris, that was your team. The first team. Yeah, that was my team. You know, I draft the big guy Plagic, from NC State. But Plagic, Plagic is is like anti vibes. You can't get more anti vibes than the big man from Tennessee. That's like bro. He looks forty. I kind of love that. Right. Yeah, he looks forty. He looks like he play. He looks like uh, they, he played in the late eighties. You know, that's an I, all-time I, I, vibe killer to play with a guy like him. That's just like trying to bloody everyone's face. Every like, I get it that he did it against yeah. Duke, but then when he was yeah. when he was doing it against Florida Atlantic, it was like this is this is no longer charming. This it's is, like somebody doing something really great right before the draft. That's what well, that's what happened. The draft was the next morning, <laughs> and the night before he fucking he he bullied Filipowski, and I was like, yeah, yeah he's yeah. skyrocketing. So. <laughs> um, well, that's good. That Macon feels good about that. Is Drew Timmy a pro? I think he's 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 got more of a shot than like the other big dudes and that are great in college basketball than like all these other guys that are that are all of, your your Hunter Dickinsons and your Armando Baycotts and Zach Eady and you know Trace Jackson David well Trace 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 and Timmy are interesting it, it, I I think whatever happens with Drew Timmy's pro career will be uh, fascinating to see like you know it'll be like the litmus test for big guys in college basketball because if you're a big dude and if Drew Timmy just like gets zero shot whatsoever in the NBA. 
and you're a big dude in college basketball, you should absolutely stay four or five years or however long they'll let you. Because um, he, he is, like, very skilled. Um, he plays no defense, though. I mean, he, he plays, like, yeah. anti-defense. That's yeah. that's a fear. Like, you can't you can't play – I know people think that there's no defense in the NBA, but um, <laughs> there there actually is some, and he's – I, I don't. He he's got a little bit of the skill set. He's gonna have to develop an outside shot. He shoots like some threes, but uh, I, he's got a shot. But he's got to play some defense. He might be in Shanghai with uh, with Noel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> with the Sharks. I know we're jumping all around. Yeah. Is Chris Beard the happiest guy in America this morning that yes. Texas didn't go to the Final Four? Yeah, I mean he's got the be. guy with the with the funny glasses. Rodney Terry. Yeah, hero or villain? Hero, hero. Yeah, he had hero. to pick up the pieces. He's a hero. Yeah, he's, he's a, a hero. hero. He's a hero. Um, yeah, he does look like Gus Fring, though, which which yeah. makes him yeah, feel he like he could should be a villain. But he's a hero. And then lastly, the um, the uh, San Diego State coach Dutcher, Dutcher, hero or villain? He's he's just a goober. So I think he's he's, <laughs> he's a hero from that regard. <laughs> like, have, yeah. have you seen this guy do interviews? He's just like no. a he's yeah. he's. He he's just a big time goober. I don't know how he doesn't have an evil bone in his body. I don't think unless you want to make the argument that he's like hiding it, that he's like, you know, somehow like a, uh, yeah, just putting on an act. But I don't, I don't know. I I think he's a hero because he's just like a, a a very happy to be here type of guy. That's, I that's would say, aura. I might say villain just because of stealing the the Fab Five to Michigan. He's often credited with getting those guys to Ann Arbor. And that, as you may know, is pre NIL. Yep. And they, uh, some banners don't well, then, hang Yeah. Forever. Then I guess Sean Miller's a hero. You know? Yeah. He was a, he was a pioneer. It was just, you know? Did yeah. he do something I don't know about? Well, uh, yeah. Arizona got in trouble. Yeah, for violations. Lot. Yeah. Yeah, but it's all legal now, Sean- pretty much. But he made the genius move of going back home, quote unquote. And yeah. I think that's a, that's, that's a good move for I mean like LeBron did it, you know, when he went back to Cleveland, he was <laughs> suddenly everybody forgot all about like how he was the most hated man in sports and how much he was the biggest villain. Um anytime you just like go you say you put out a statement I'm going back home, uh you instantly become a hero, I think in people's eyes. Okay, that's uh, my read on it. That's enough college basketball. Uh what I want to know now is who are your 3 to 5 Favorite barstool personalities. Now that you're at barstool, three to five. Yeah, well, you know, I want to leave some room here for you know, like you could say Big Cat and PFT, but I mean, like maybe some under the radar personalities that he's grown to appreciate. Plus your least favorite. Yeah, plus least favorite. Least favorite. Um, and so El Presidente, it, uh... Dave Portnoy, love that guy. Um, okay. Love, love, love how his name. <laughs> <laughs> love how he love how he signs his name on my checks too. Like he did, he's got great handwriting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Love. Mm-hmm. love that. Yep. Yep. Um, Eats reviews. Who are my favorite? My favorite people. Uh, so I, I did this show out and about, which uh, was was I, I. It's it's the the gay podcast at Barstool is how it was described yep. to me. That's how that's how everyone at Barstool they, they said, "Do you want to do the gay podcast?" And I was like. Pardon my take. I've done that before. And they said, no, <laughs> they, 
They said, "Do you want to do uh, uh, out and about?" It's it's it, someone described it to me as aggressively gay, is what they said. And I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Uh, I had no idea what I was stepping into, but then Joey and Pat were like the two funniest dudes I've ever done a show with. I saw the yeah. highlight tape of Titus on that show. It was it was one of the funnier <laughs> things I've seen this year. Yeah. It was wild, and I I I knew kind of nothing about those guys. Pat, I had been told was the best basketball player in the office. Again, I wasn't sure people were joking because you never know who's doing shit and who's like being serious at Barstool. Um, and then I talked to Pat about basketball, and I was like, yeah, this guy's probably great at basketball, and he's like 6'5", and yeah. I don't know. I, I vibed with him really well. Here's my under-the-radar um, answer. Um, Billy football, obviously. That's kind of a that's, like a one seed for me. Uh, I would say uh, Fights, uh, Feidelberg. Uh, yeah, yep. He's fucking hilarious to me. He's very uh, funny. And then, yeah. and then there's one other I, I couldn't remember. It was just uh, who do you like making while I think of this third? Dan Katz is my favorite. Well, yeah, I mean, I, we can't say. The is obvious. that Big Cat? Is that the same guy? Yeah, the, uh, same one guy. big big barstool Big Cat. Barstool yeah. Big Cat. Yeah. That guy. Mm-hmm. One in yeah, the same. Okay. Um, oh, Caleb Presley. I think Caleb yeah. Presley is one of the funniest people in America. I really do. His uh, ice cream show. Uh, we're with yeah. Glenny Balls, uh, Sunday Conversations. Uh, I yeah. laugh every time. I laugh every fucking time. Who's your least favorite, he's, Mark? He's... <laughs> uh, Brandon Walker, definitely. Yes, uh, that's the right <laughs> answer. Yeah. He's, 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 we like yeah, Biz, too. Yeah. We like Biz. Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like I like KB and Nick those the 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 two dudes that are on the, the, the I I gotta I gotta interact with them in the office Nick was awesome I don't know if you guys know who they are but they uh they do the yak and um some other stuff they do a show together they're hilarious a lot of white people um, on this website <laughs> a lot of white people a lot of oh my white goodness. people a lot of I'm still scrolling a lot of white men <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness yeah I see you mix in some white women. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then Gilly the Kid, so there's that. But um yeah, no, I Pat uh, Bev. Pat, Pat Bev. Bev. Yeah, Pat Bev. Uh, <laughs> um all right, well good. Do you want to play him the uh the, yeah. the Tate audio? Yeah. This, uh, I mean, I don't know how this didn't make more oh, news, God. but <laughs> Well no, I think it's I think honesty is the best policy. Speaking of enemies, Mark Titus. The floor is yours. Tell us what has happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I th- you know, I think a lot of people will, will run with their, you know, stories. About- I got so tired of Mark Titus, the show became shit with Mark Titus. I met him early on in the Greyland days. He's been riding my coattails ever since. It's ridiculous. I frankly told him I want to be friends and I still want to talk college basketball, but he told me to shove it up my tight Roy Williams loving ass. So, yeah, I'm good on Mark, man. I definitely ended it with him. I was just tired of his antics. I took him for a nice dinner at Outback Steakhouse and let him know I was just tired of carrying his ass all over Kingdom Come. <laughs> then he went berserk. So, Titus got tossed out of Outback. Which is embarrassing for him, really. I mean, sucks to suck. The good news is that I am going to be a thorn in his side. And if he says bad things about me, then I'm going to have to hire someone. So he can learn about the tape pain train. All right, well. Wow. Yeah, that was a shock to me as well. Yeah, Mark, do you want to respond to that? Um, yeah, that, uh, that, 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 that definitely catches me off guard, guys. I, uh, I did not know that... Uh, he can throw his voice into different. I knew Tate was talented <laughs> at, uh, at voice work. I didn't realize he could just, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. go up and down like that and, and throw his voice and oh and, he can yeah, go up and was, down that was impressive stuff <laughs> um do you miss tate do you miss tate talking to him every day of course of course i missed i told everybody from the start i missed tate i missed tate when uh the 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 second we the, the, i was told the show was gonna end i missed tate like i i I will never. Um, I said that to Tate when you know we decided to go our separate ways. I said we'll never, ever, as long as we both live, have a show that was as much fun as that one. And uh, I, I genuinely mean that. And um, you know, I, I still think like we both made the right decisions for ourselves, and it's all gonna be fine, and uh, everything ends up the way it's supposed to. But yeah, I miss him like crazy. He's, he's, he and I had a fun show for a reason, and people love listening to it for a reason because we we were very aligned with how we saw the game and and talked about the characters in college basketball and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how else to. I, I I definitely will miss him, but I also like don't regret where we ended up because I think we're both gonna look up in a year or two and be very very happy with where we're at. What what's the title of your new show? Uh, my new show is the Mark Titus Show. Oh, that's creative. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, creative. Can't wait for that. Uh, uh, yeah. No, Macon, I, Macon uh, wants to do that one day. <laughs> no, did you hear how sad they are? Let's yeah. never break up. You're right. We're the disgusting brothers. Yeah, the disgusting brothers. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. How well, are you guys good. when you when when you guys break up? How do you think it'll go down? Uh. I think I've seen it. Uh, I think we've lived it. Yeah, we've lived it. We 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 got back together. So um, I I don't know. I um, I think if we were you, to stop doing the podcast together, we we'd probably stop doing real estate as well, which would be a big which would be a big deal. Um, but maybe we start doing friendship again. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the pot ate the friendship, so maybe the friendship would be back. We're just business associates now. Yep. yep. Um, one uh one one underrated, or maybe it's not. I, I'm sure a lot of people notice, but uh, I I want to call attention to it. Funny thing about the end of Tate and I show was that um, Tate's internet cut out the last the last show we ever did. Tate's internet cut out for the last like minute. Um, and I basically monologued the last part. I was I was saying goodbye anyway. I was like signing off anyway. Um, but his, his internet cut out, and and he texted me and was like, "Dude, I, I I can't get my internet restarted. You just want to say like thanks for listening. See you guys, whatever." And I was like, "Yeah, I got it." So uh, he and I are 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 uh, very vocal about how we're. I, I've never met a human being better at an Irish exit than Tate. And, and he might say the same thing about me. Like we are, we are not the disgusting brothers. We're the Irish exit brothers where we'll mm-hmm. go to parties and, and we'll just kind of give each other eyebrow raise. And then we're both out the door mm-hmm. and don't say goodbye to anybody. Um, and I thought that was kind of poetic that like Tate mm-hmm. Irish exited the, the show by his internet fall, <laughs> falling out. Yeah. And then and we you're never, just telling, I, you're, I don't you're think telling yourself on zoom that you love, you, you love the show and, uh, and there's nobody on the other end to reciprocate. There's no one else on the other end. I was just sitting, yeah, and I was like, "All right, see you guys." Uh, but I, at that point, I didn't realize it was our last show. I thought I thought we were going to do another. You know, I thought we were the show was going to continue. So um, I didn't think anything of it. But looking back on it, that's pretty funny that uh, that's how it, that's how it ended. Was his internet cut out, and I went solo the final minute of the show. When you when you get divorced, a lot of times there's like a list of people that you don't want your wife or husband to marry. Uh, if if Tate ever did a show with insert name in the blank here, you would be devastated. Uh, Macon 
it's making. It's if you yeah. but thankfully he hasn't done that, and I've done two shows now with you guys. So two. Um, if you guys ever have Tate on, I'll get. Yeah, we'll get you back for a third time soon. Uh, thanks again for, for stepping in while I was out. Uh, he's reading the text like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" Uh, Mark Titus, appreciate you joining us, buddy, and uh, congrats on new gig. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll love your show, and uh, we'll always come on and. Appreciate you. And have some fun. So thanks for Appreciate having me. Appreciate you, buddy. Okay. Love you, Mark. Love you. Talk to you soon. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos for the big game and the upcoming college basketball tournament. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash greenlight and get on your way to being your best self. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially uh, because we're always growing and changing. And uh, I've, I've been going through this in retirement. My life's totally different now than it was four or five years ago, and I got to do some adapting. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And I see a therapist, I've talked to somebody, uh, and it's helped me a lot as I've kind of gone through this, uh, this time of change and as I, you know, encounter new challenges and, and even, even great moments, it's good to, to share that with somebody, uh, and be able to open up. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, uh, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash greenlight today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash greenlight. All right, so Adam, Mark, Titus, we got to talk a little bit of football. Um, I was going to do my top five free agents remaining um, in this second wave of free agency. I guess I'll do I'll do it out of order and then I'll order them. I have Odell, I have Rocky Seen, I have Leonard Floyd, I have Unique Ngakwe, uh, and then I have uh, Puna Ford. Th- that's my top five. I know there's some other players outside that list that you might say, hey, they, you know, they catch my 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 attention. I, Unique Ngakwe, all he's done every time he's changed teams has produced. I mean, like this guy is the Brandon Cooks of uh, of of defensive linemen. The guy's been on like five teams so far and he's flirted with double digits at almost every every stop if not uh if not higher so i think that if you need an edge rusher uh i might look at him pretty early in this process i mean we're already um we're already in phase two of free agency and i look at uh leonard floyd the same way i mean leonard floyd really strong season last year sometimes overshadowed by obviously aaron donald and some of the other pieces that they have there but this guy's been wildly productive, and if you need an off-the-ball linebacker in like a 3-4 front, I like this guy. Now, I don't know how 
people's you know uh medical is i mean like you know these guys might have already taken visits and something that i don't know about has popped up and maybe that's why they're still sitting there you know that stuff that i have no idea about notwithstanding i like these two rushers still a lot odell obviously is a big name uh it's been interesting to watch seeing you know his market as the public sees it kind of shrink because mm-hmm. he kind of he kind of let the cat out of the bag right. last week in a tweet that like, hey, four million's not enough. That's what he's been offered. There's still teams that are going to take a hard look at Odell Beckham. What uh, type of contract do you think those two edge guys end up, or what type of contract should they get? Like, what type of contract do they deserve, you think? Uh, I mean, everybody's getting like 10 a year now. Mm-hmm. And Gawkway will be 28 this season. Floyd will be 31. Yeah, so Floyd, geez, look how old Floyd got. I mean, but Floyd was old, I think, when he got in the league. So I think that's, that's one of the... Um, one of the reasons that that he's up there in, in age because I remember Robert Quinn and Leonard Floyd are like the same age basically and Quinny had been in the league a lot longer and there was some comparison point that was made a couple years ago but Floyd was at the uh, 2016 draft yeah these guys are gonna get paid he's 24. You would hope. I mean yeah Floyd was 24 when he got in the league so uh, you know I the reason I like Puna Ford is there's just not a lot of good experience Guys who can play zero, three, play a little five. Um, and then Rock Yassine, I, he might last a while because, you know, what teams like to do, especially with a deep corner class here, there's going to be a bunch of people drafting corners. And if I were Rock Yassine, I'd take a look at, you know, hey, August during training camp where you really see, like, what you have in some of these corners that you draft. And then this guy can come in, like, week two, week three at camp miss the hard stuff, uh, if you'd even call it that anymore with the new CBA, mm-hmm. and uh, and contribute. Uh, so, you know, I like the two pass rushers now. If you need, if you need a, a, you know, a, a Robin to your Batman, uh, if you need depth, like in Philly, like they've, they've showed us year after year that, you know, defensive line, you can never have enough of them. So, uh, you know, I, Puna Ford, I know, has drawn interest from the Bills. Um, the two edge rushers can end up any number of places. And Odell Beckham, I still like him in Buffalo or New York. Now, the thing holding things up, if you're looking at the Jets' destination, is you know Zach Wilson's their number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know who their number one is. You think it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Alan Zard, uh, you know, bet the mortgage mm-hmm. on him being there and and, uh, and 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 moved to New York in free agency. Uh that deal has not gotten done yet officially. It's been one of the most interesting kind of uh, quarterback free agency sagas that I've seen. No surprise here because Aaron Rodgers is involved. But I do think there's a couple schools of thought. One of them being that uh, you know the, the the Packers have a ton of leverage here. You know they can bleed this thing out and try to get as much as possible in compensation. Uh, now the other end of this thing is Lamar Jackson is the big news of the day Mm -hmm. and you know he came out and and spoke for himself today in a tweet and said that you know on march 2nd he had asked for a trade um and that this has been under wraps for now 25 days uh and i think march 7th the ravens came out and and announced that he would be uh placed under the the uh non-exclusive franchise tag which it's interesting because, and I think that date is correct, uh, but I, it's interesting because, you know, Lamar comes out and says, hey, 
uh, I asked to be traded a while ago. It kind of sounds like a burning of the bridge. It kind of sounds like it's officially over in, mm-hmm. in, in Baltimore if they can get some compensation that's agreeable to them. Uh, but you're kind of a restricted free agent anyways um, when you, you, you're placed under that tag. So I don't feel like this is a big revelation, but there's a couple of interesting things to glean here. Number one, uh, Lamar has been able to keep this under wraps. Um, you know, that report has not come out, albeit like something that doesn't surprise anybody in the context of what's going on. Another thing is uh, Deshaun Elliott, who's the safety for the, uh, for the Miami Dolphins, uh, tweeted uh, he was trying to recruit Lamar to Miami. Now they just placed, uh, they just picked up to his fifth year option. So that didn't go over well, I'm pretty sure. And he and they came out and said, we're since. good on Lamar. Yeah, they said they're, they they're good on Lamar. Teams. I don't think anything is for sure set in stone with anybody I yet agree. as it pertains to Lamar. But uh, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit there. Uh, and, then, and then lastly, I think this is the brilliant part of Lamar's chess game is like the league meetings are going on right now. Mm-hmm. All those people are in one room together. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get people talking about something, now's the time to do it. Like when people are in close, pro- close proximity to one another and they can actually discuss this deal. Um, another thing is like to a minute, uh, when this tweet came out, I think John Harbaugh was walking up to the podium exactly uh, at the league meeting. So just an absolute bomb strategically placed by Lamar Jackson uh, and maybe something uh, is yielded out of this weekend with the with the owners and the coaches in one place. But again, to Ian Rappaport's point, who I saw on Pat McAfee, and you know this is pretty obvious is like he is basically an unrestricted free agent already. So I'm pretty sure these conversations might be happening anyways. But this is like a nudge where we say, hey, this guy's definitely happy to move on, and possibly sounds like he could take it the distance. And that's something when you talk about leverage where, you know, if Lamar Jackson's willing to do this like into August, you know, the Ravens might want to make this move sooner than later. Is that the distance though, or is the distance actually sitting out a season? No, it could be. It could be. And by August I mean like we're still gonna be dealing mm-hmm. with this if we don't move this player. Hey, a little bit of breaking news. The yeah. annual coaches photo has just been released. Ooh. I just sent it to Kingston to put up on the big screen. Okay. Look at the posture in the chest on Sean Payton, really alphaing Ron Rivera, not Ooh. a small guy, and Sean McVay. We have two coaches in sunglasses, McVay and Dable. We have three in blazers, mm-hmm. Tomlin, McCarthy, looking comfortable as hell, and... Uh, I got to think that Shane Steichen over there, yeah? Here, it's uh, up here. It's up on the big screen. Yeah, here. but it's harder to see. I'm going to have to hold your laptop. Easy. Don't go. Brian Dable's looking like a mob boss. <laughs> I mean, Is that just, a Q-zip or like a half-zip? Got mob boss energy back there, back left. McDermott's also wearing a blazer. We got two coaches, at least in shorts, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. And they put uh, they put our guy in Dallas in, in the front right corner so he didn't have to you know, he didn't have to be in the middle seat because, you know, he's barrel-chested cat. Um, Doug Peterson, no visor, just out there living life in a polo and uh, a middle part. Uh, what is going on with is that? That's got to be Andy Reid's. Yeah, look at Andy Reid's shoes. Yeah. Well, this Not is a lot of room. Stuff. They didn't give him a, ro- a lot of room. 
with those chairs. They're pretty tightly packed. Is Kevin O'Connell? Does he got does does? Is he a hat guy? Yeah, he always wears a hat. Well, that hairline is creeping back yeah. on him. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell looks stunning back there. Always, Unit. always. He looks great back there. Always. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, uh, th- these are the people that are all talking about uh, Lamar Jackson this week. Mike Tomlin, just cool. Anyways. Oh, McCarthy. Is that a cardigan? Yeah, Mc- McCarthy. No, I don't know. Uh, McCarthy. Cardigan, McDaniels. Like McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Yeah. That's a cardigan. Yes, that's He's a cardigan. Got a cardigan on. The vaping cardigan wearing. Gannon, that posture's not quite right. Yeah, I don't know about Gannon's posture. You need those shoulders back. Yep. McDaniel's got the all white, like real Miami vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways. Fascinating. Really fascinating. Uh,. That's that's your NFL news for you. I think. Did you Lamar, see Bobby Wagner back to Seattle? Bobby Wagner back yeah. to Seattle, which is very interesting in the backdrop of like everything that was talked about on the way out. Like it just didn't seem like there was going to be a happy ending there. Um, and I don't think anybody had this on the board, but I'm glad that from a legacy standpoint, he gets to go back. Yeah. And join an improving defense. Um, Good team. Yeah. Could potentially. Last thing I want to say is. Uh, I don't know if any of you saw this, but Kevin Demoff actually wrote a letter to the fans, basically announcing that they're that they're rebuilding. Like it was like a 300 word letter, and it was like, "Hey guys, I know that every time somebody says that you'll probably rebuild, you you yell at them because you can't imagine your team being irrelevant for a year. But we are going to be irrelevant this year, and uh, maybe you should listen to people when they forecast that we're rebuilding because we are." Uh, and I thought that was very interesting to see a COO yeah. uh, announce to the fans that, like, hey, this year you might not like the return on your investment, but just wait. Um, From a business perspective, it's smart to not hide it. At least then they're like, well, at least we know why you're losing. Yep. He said, yeah. as a result, we faced a choice this offseason. We could once again restructure contracts to give ourselves one last shot with the core roster but that would mean a total rebuild would be necessary over the next few seasons. That's right. And this is the uh, letter to the season ticket holders. That's right. Got so late. I think that's, that's interesting that that continues to track. Uh, not surprising, uh, but noteworthy at least that the Rams seem to be in a full rebuild mode at least. In the, and maybe they're just renovating the kitchen. Like they're not you know, doing the whole house. But um, I think they might be looking for that star chef. Yeah. From LA. Yep, they might be looking from that for 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 Caleb Williams, and and I hope that anybody but the Bucks gets Caleb Williams. <laughs> I just don't want to see Caleb Williams in Tampa Bay. That'd be a real shame for the NFL. Maybe it's more like secession, like a like a Tom and Shiv divorce, kids away from dad, mm-hmm. just a bunch of breakups. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like psych. How does this relate to the current conversation? It does not. Got it. <laughs> and as the Titus Cox. <laughs> podcast continues uh enjoy the back half with fletcher cox let us shall and so it so it be said so it, so it is uh-huh that was funny <laughs> greg the egg good news the thursday show we do with amp will continue 4 30 every thursday the green light team cowboy reed facts kingston 
Uh, I'll pop through there sometimes. On AMP, you can interact with us really easily. There's a call-in button. We invite call-ins all the time. You can talk directly to us, ask us questions, ask us our favorite music. We might even play some. There's also a live chat during the show. If you have a question about a topic we're talking about, fire it off in the chat. We'll answer. We're going to be uh, we're gonna be doing what we've been doing all fall, uh, every Thursday at 4.30 on AMP. Uh, check us out. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, like I probably would, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code GREENLIGHT for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try it for yourself. These shades have been rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, this is the moment that uh, I would say we've all been waiting for, but I think Fletch has been waiting for it uh, the most because when I texted him and I was like, yo, do you want to come on the show? Thinking, hey, he's busy, just made $10 million. What's he got to do with a couple of peasants like yeah. us? He was like, dude, I've been waiting to come on the show. And you guys awesome. never fucking asked me. Uh, Fletch, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's only took a couple of years. But you know what? I feel like I'm here now. So, uh, yeah, with a guy like Fletcher, though, he's like the hot chick that's like unattainable. You he's don't, unattainable. You don't even want to ask for her. I don't even want to ask. And then actually, she's like, I've been waiting to call. Yes, you this for is, some time. It's, it's great. You know what, though? I do want to say this. I got a chance to interview Fletcher. It was a hard hitting interview <laughs> at the at the Super Bowl. Uh, when we all went, you were somewhere else, yeah. I think, but we all went down to the, uh, the team Thank hotel you. and got to do like the media, like radio row thing where you got a jockey for position and hold your microphone up. And, you know, in the crowd of people, I don't think Fletch knew that I was going to be in there. And, uh, when I poked my microphone through and he started having to answer my questions, he couldn't keep a straight face. Just laughing at him. He was laughing at me. Was it the questions or just, just me? I think it was more of you, uh, <laughs> Because you you can't you can't know what to expect. You gotta expect the unexpected. Anytime yeah. Chris Longer is asking questions. Yes, that's true. Very good. <laughs> yeah, very good. We knew each other well. Um, but yeah, no, I I um dude, congrats on your deal. Big I don't time, congrats. I because you're still making good money and you're still productive. And you know, like I kind of wonder because when I left Philly, you were in your twenties and you were kind of like, you know, you know you were the best player on the field. And I, I just, at times with the injuries and some of the changes around you, 
I know it's been hard to make adjustments probably like to like what's going on around you and like the changing scenery and the uncertainty. Like there were a couple of times here where I was like, I don't know if Fletch is going to finish as an Eagle, even though you're one of the all time great Eagles. Uh, how close were you to, to, to leaving Philly? Was it close at all? And how excited are you to possibly finish your career in Philly? I think, uh, I, it was, uh, Number one, I'm excited to be back. Uh, two, uh, you know, it came down to uh, really some uh, decision making and you know talking with family and uh, and it, it was close. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, uh, I wanted to stay home. I wanted to be here in Philly and you know finish this thing uh, here in the city of Philadelphia. But uh, it was close. Uh, but uh, again, I'm, I'm excited to be back for sure. Who who was who was sweating you the most? <laughs> Yeah, man, Joe D. Joe Douglas, yeah. Yes, sir. Joe I D bet. almost pulled off the heist to get you. But that doesn't even feel like leaving because Joe Douglas is so like he's like our brother, man. He is. Like, that would have felt like just being in Philly North or something. Uh, it, that 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 wouldn't have hurt my feelings so bad. But like you in some weird uniform, dude, I just you're an eagle, man. I know. I couldn't picture myself when her. Yeah. In another being, uniform. Yeah. I definitely would have had to switch numbers because uh JFM. Yeah. Um, he's got 91. So, uh, yeah, I know, I know who's angriest. It's the scout team guard, uh, yeah, because probably. he's got to go against you every day. Yeah. You know, there, there are some guys you go against and they may be really good players, but they don't play with the level of physicality that you do. And I know every time I lined up against you, it was always a nightmare physically. And I know you have to bring it in practice. Um, I'm just, I can think about the scout team guard. being. Speaking pissed. of scout team guards, what about cam Jurgens? Cause like, Cam Jurgens probably going to play some guard this year with Isaac heading to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. 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 Good for Isaac, man. Yeah. Um, we're super happy for him, but, um, you know, people, Eagles fans wanting to see Cam Jurgens play. Like what's this kid got, man? Is he pretty good? Like, or, or, good. is there a buzz? You, you can see it. You can see it um, from when he first got there, honestly, training camp. I was like, man, this kid will be, he'll be a really good player. Uh, and uh, he's taken, um, obviously during the season, some, some reps at, at guard. So I don't think it'll be, all new to him, but yeah. uh, you know it's different than playing center. But uh, I'm excited to to see him if they do end up in that position to watch him grow. Obviously, uh, he'll be a right guard, so we'll have our battles during training camp. Um, if he if he's put in that position, and it's only going to make him better. Yeah, yeah, it's only going to make him better. I like the phrasing. <laughs> I like the phrasing too. Well, there's some there's something to be said for an offensive lineman that's been battle tested in practice against yeah. one of his own, who's an elite. I remember going against Akeem every day. And it was the only thing that saved me from getting killed in the first half against guys like you, Fletcher, was having the mental toughness to keep showing up and playing regardless yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. What Down about, 40. What about, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would happen a couple times. Uh, Kelsey is coming back for another year. Yeah. I felt like when, when I was there, he was like thinking about hanging it up every year. And now five years later, <laughs> we're still, we're still doing the same song and dance. And I really don't think Kelsey has a plan. I think he just goes as hard as he can for a year. And then he, he picks up the pieces and thinks about it. Have you been surprised uh, at how long he's been able to play at this elite level? Cause I felt like this year I saw as many highlight tape blocks from him as any year. Yeah. Um, actually it's funny you, you bring that up because, uh, you know, me and Kelsey probably one of the last two to walk onto the practice field in the training room, obviously uh, getting ready to go out. And uh, we're like, man, I ask him every day, you still want to be doing this next year? He go, mm -hmm. fuck no. I don't know if I'm doing this <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, well, he's still doing it. But he's still doing it. Uh, yeah. I bumped into him today in, in, in the facility today when I was there. 
and uh, he's in good spirits. So he said uh, he's excited to be back. And uh, so he's an all-time Eagle. He's a great. Well, yeah, you, him, Lane, BG, like four guys that have been there now. You look up and it's been a decade. I remember when you got drafted because I was sitting at a at a bar watching the draft and Michael Brockers and you were were the two studs in the SEC and we ended up with Brock and the Eagles ended up with you and uh, it's just been such a crazy ride to see. By the way, take that hat off again. My hairline is still still there, sir. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. It's still there. It's still there. Uh, we, can, we can compare. Oh yeah, it's okay, Kyle. No worries, buddy. What I look, I look good as a motherfucker. Yeah, at dude, this buddy. point, at this point, Kyle, just go ahead and chop. come on, come on home. Well, he's got the sideburns. I usually shave it, but bit. I'm doing the the middle aged. I got a kid, so I don't got time for the razor mm -hmm. look. Yeah. What do, what what do you think makes Jason Kelsey so good? Like, it's we'll his, put your finger uh, on it. Yeah, I, I, I if I can put my finger on it, but his his, his he's smart. Yeah, he knows what's coming before it comes at him. Uh, yeah. Even in practice and training camp, he's like, "All right, Fletch, I know you're coming. Come on." I'm like, "You motherfucker." Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. But he's smart. He can. Uh, he kind of he studies a lot. He's and he knows what's like. You say he knows what's coming at him. Yeah, and it's fun going against him though, especially one on one pass rush. So, unless, unless it's ready. like a kick the trash can day, no, or a, or a break the TV type day, you know, break mm. the TV type day. Yeah, 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 yeah. love love to have one of those yeah. days every once He's, in a while. Kyle's had a couple break the door day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, heard, uh, I heard about it after you. Oh, left you missed Chicago. the new one. You missed the new one. We had oh. a uh, we had like a a walkthrough slash practice with helmets on. <laughs> you know, Kelsey, how grumpy he was. Obviously, thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to convince him, like, man, we're gonna be all right. It's only a few minutes. Well, after about uh about three, four plays in team, you know what happened? The fucking helmet went flying, mm. <laughs> and everybody was like, "Well, there goes the helmets," and we mm -hmm. just popped them off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, helmets are off today. Yes, yeah. sir. He's got pull. <laughs> he does have pull. He's got pull. Speaking of pull, like you know, like when we had when we had uh, Dougie P who's doing great in Jacksonville. I know it's been fun to watch that because I know we both, you know, really like Doug and everything. Um, but he was, he was like a player's coach the way people thought about him, but he worked as hard. Yeah. Um, you know, he'd have our leadership council meetings. We'd go up there, tell him what we thought, the whole thing. It feels like Sirianni's maybe even more of a player's coach. How would you classify him and, you know, the kind of work y'all get done there and his leadership? He is a super player coach, and I mean that with a bunch of respect. And I think that's why a lot of the players always talk really good about him, you know, um, and it's nothing fake because he actually listened to the players like Doug did. Uh, and if the leadership committee, if you, you kind of want something tweaked or changed and, you know, to make our bodies feel better or the schedule or whatever yeah. we're doing can make, can make us better as a team, not just one person, yeah. he don't mind trying it. But if you think you're full of shit, he's going to say, I think you're full of shit, and we ain't doing it. Right, right. Uh, but I, I, it showed. Like, our schedule and the way that we all we all did things this past year, it showed uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I felt like he kept you all fresh. Like, I was hearing about vet days that were not happening when I was uh, in Philly. Dude, if you was a rookie right now, you could probably play probably – you would probably play probably 20 years. That's crazy. Dang. Oh, well, because maybe, the, maybe it's good that I'm not. A everybody, rookie. it's like everybody, the whole team get a bad day. Yeah, 
That's crazy. <laughs> now, as far as as far as player coaches go, you you're going to have a new coach in Sean Desai. What do you expect from Coach Desai coming in? Uh, we talked last week, um, and uh, he told me his expectations. And you know, obviously, um, what he appreciated is obviously Chris. You probably can agree that the way that we practice, when he turned the practice film on, the D line is flying around. You know, uh, and th- that's the group that 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 leads the team that controls. You know how we start, how we how we finish, right? And uh, he said he's going to keep the same intensity. But he expects, you know, the leaders to lead on defense. Obviously, things will be different. You know, play call will be different. So yeah. be a bunch of new terminology, all the football stuff. But, you know, he's excited. Uh, he's excited about about being there. And I'm, I'm excited to learn from him and watch him, you know, lead the defense. Kyle, you had him. I had him. And when I had him, that defense really – ran the locker room. They controlled the pulse of the locker room. I know you guys have an MVP caliber quarterback, phenomenal offensive line, but how does it feel to compete for being the the tip of the spear, whether it's the offense or the defense? With Coach Desai, it's going to give you guys an opportunity to do that. Well, it's, it's a couple of things. And since I've been since I've been in the city of Philly, right, uh, we, we have one of those things where when I first got here, it was like, you know, uh, and I'm speaking as a defensive front, defensive line. Like nobody, nobody messed with the defensive line, you know. Uh, and Chris, he's, he was there. Uh, nobody, and, and nobody messes us in, in in a bad way, you know. In the good ways, yeah, we all get along. But uh, we we, we kind of keep that on our shoulder when we're there uh, in the building, and uh, you know, we respect all our other leaders and our quarterbacks. You know, he's the star of the team, obviously, because he's the quarterback. But at the end of the day, I think you know the defensive line is is always the tempo of the team. Uh, and this past year, I think, honestly, like, that's what it was. It's It's got to be different to have, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to any of the quarterbacks we had in the past, because Carson and Nick both brought really positive things to the table, and I really fuck with both those guys. But, you know, uh, <clears throat> Jalen seems like he's got a dog mentality. Like, he, he could be a D lineman. Like, he's got that kind of competitive edge. Uh what have you seen from this guy? Like everybody knows, hey, he's a leader. Everybody knows he's got the respect of the team. But has was there one thing that stuck out to you as he kind of made his presence felt in the locker room, where you're like, okay, this guy is uh, he's got all those intangibles. Uh, one word, Chris. Believe it or not, his calmness. Yeah, but whether it's good or bad, or it can <clears> get <throat> ugly. He stayed calm. He remained the same, and that's that's the most. That's what I res- respect about uh, about Jalen. Yeah, he's calm. Hey, Philly. Hey, hey. His get out. You know his calmness, and you know he he just is always just doing his thing, and you know not really buy, buy into a lot of distractions of what's going on outside of the locker room, or how people tell him how good he is. Um, all of that riffraff that most stars get caught into. You know, his main goal is to to be the, the best quarterback and the best teammate he can be. And me and Jalen have talks all the time, you know, about just about little stuff. And and that's that's what I respect about him, especially a younger guy. You know, obviously it was on look at his second year really being a starting quarterback. Yeah. According to his third year. And I'm excited to watch him just keep growing. That was crazy. The Washington game a couple of years ago at the end of the season. When mm-hmm. when he got pulled, I was watching on TV. Like, what the hell's going on here? Were y'all like kind of like wh- where was your head at at that point? I mean, my head was in my suite because that's why I was <laughs> yeah, sitting there you, watching. You were up, yeah, <laughs> but just like did did you think up. did you think that he'd be the future at that point? You could see it. You could see it happening, right? Uh, and you know they were 
they I think uh how he brought him in and you know right now he's he's the, he's all starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh but you can see he's grown and uh we're all excited to have him back. He's about to get paid though. Yeah, he's hmm. gonna get paid with a capital P. And then you know, you had to pay people on the defensive side of the ball, and that's part of the thing about being a great team is you can't pay everybody. Uh, obviously, BG got brought back. You got brought back. CJ Garner Johnson. Uh, he's he headed to Detroit on like a nine million dollar deal. Um, has, talk about that adjustment where you're like, okay, we're so good now, we can't pay everybody. I felt like when when we were good, like we we were good, but not like this last team. Like y'all were better. Would you agree? I know you you had a really smart answer leading up to the Super Bowl. Where you do you remember this? And somebody asked you which team was better, and yeah, you were I like, hey. 2017 team. Without yeah, but do you mean that though? Because here's the thing, and you said it clear, because you said it very, very clear, right? And I think something I read on you on I'll probably Greenlight Pod or something like that. Yeah. I'll follow you guys. You said nobody expected that 2017 team because you know it's like it's almost like we come out of nowhere until late mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. season, right? Well, being undefeated. And only when only losing a couple of games where you expect to be better than the team that was that was that way, right? And and that was the thing. Like we had a target on our back this past season. Yeah. 2017, we didn't have that target. We was just yeah. had our nose down and and you know and, and taken off. Yeah. What well, did that was that hard being a veteran leader? Like that's a lot more success, I feel like. You know, it's a like I'm not saying their egos, but in our you know, in our run, it was like a surprise to everybody, including the people in the building. And as you put it, like you had a target on your back. What comes with that is also you're like the hottest ticket in town. I felt like the entire year people were really into the Eagles and paid close attention to what y'all were doing. Was it hard to 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 make sure guys didn't get too high and too low? And how did you like, you know, apply that leadership? Well, I think the main thing was is the leaders kept, you know, uh, being one of the leaders myself, we kept we kept a lot of the, the a lot of the younger guys, right? We kept some a lot of the team that, hey, look, like, don't veer off, don't buy into what's going on, don't listen to the media. Like, yeah, I know your Twitter's popping, your Instagram's popping, all this stuff popping. People want to mention you, take pictures here and there, but don't get caught up in it. Yeah. And we were having real life conversations with younger guys, it, it, and also vets too. Like, they were like, man, like, you know, they didn't expect, you know, this, right? And you know, for me being there being part of some really good teams um, that have some success uh, kind of that's who I kind of went back to like what the guys before me tell me like I remember all the meetings with Tori and you and Laguerre you know I, I remember those conversations and that's stuff that I was telling those guys that that I was uh, able enough to get that from you guys and now I, sh- I push that knowledge on them what what about the development of Josh Sweat? Because you know he you know he'd fall into the category of a younger guy, but now he's entering his prime a little bit. When Sweaty J, as we call him, got to Philly, I mean, this dude is so fucking funny, Kyle. He's like, <laughs> is he? Oh, Josh Sweat is one of the funniest guys of all time. But he's just we we were like, you got to lock in, you know, like you. I don't know if you realize how good you can be. I mean, he was. He's just such a special. Until I get to know pass rushers, I assume they're just humorless 
come on back no. killing robots no, we're and then i meet you guys and you're all funny yeah and josh sweat's one of the funniest ones you could meet but we saw off the bat like that this guy was he had some special traits some freak traits yeah like he he bends the corner like robert quinn like uh, you know like gives uh, me nightmares you know he's he's like i don't want to say a poor man's robert quinn because i hate saying poor man's anything but he's uh, a fiscally conservative man's robert, robert quinn. quinn yes uh what what have you made of his development and when did you see that light bulb go off oh uh, does your um wash and, and and bert started coaching him and they yeah. forced him really right you could see it when chris was there um chris wilson that is yep. and chris Lone, yeah obviously <laughs> uh his favorite michael bennett yep <laughs> <laughs> kyle's favorite but, uh, too. yeah yeah i love mike b yeah but uh you can see it. You can see it a couple years ago, and then like I think right now with um, Jeremiah, obviously Coach Wash, yeah. coaching him now, he brings the the best out of out of Josh. He'll get it out of anybody because he know how obviously Kyle. He know how to get it out you in a certain way because mm -hmm. you look at every guy different. He talks he's, to every he's, guy. He's different. got a good heart and a good brain, and he can pick it. He can pick at your soul a little bit, get you going. That's how Wash operates. Yeah. So. <sighs> Part of being a great D line coach is knowing which buttons to push. Jeremiah, everybody's different, you know. And yeah. uh, Josh Sweat's got some d different buttons. So, you know, we haven't talked about the Super Bowl. You and me. I talked to Kelsey a little bit, and I was like, "Hey, man, you can't win them all." And he was like, "It's easy for you to say, motherfucker." And I was like, "Yeah, that's fair." Uh, but I can remember when I got to New England talking to uh, Rob Ninkovich, and Ninko was like. Hey, dude, if you go to the Super Bowl and lose, like you'd probably rather go one in 15. It's the worst feeling in the world. Um, it was he correct in that analysis? Yeah, <laughs> you, you might as well, honestly, because it is one of the worst feelings ever. I think I spread it into the locker room and uh, obviously threw my guts up because I didn't think I could feel worse losing the game. Jesus. But it was a, uh, it's, it's not a good feeling. But what I've been telling everybody, I've been on both sides and I never want to be on the bad side ever again. Yeah. Um, the grass in that game was a problem. I know you guys aren't going to make excuses, but I thought that uh, the playing surface was tough. What was the conversation going into that game? And was there conversation during the game about like cleats and spikes and that sort of thing? Because you could see it. I mean, guys, you're trying to get out of their stance and uh, couldn't get traction. There was some conversation before. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we practiced at Cardinals facility and we kind of felt, uh, you know, we all needed to go out before the game and, and, yep. and try out different cleats. And there are conversations during the game where guys is on the sideline, you know, change it to seven studs. And uh, mm -hmm. still it was, it wasn't the best surface, but uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, we, we have to find a way. Yeah to to make the best of what we have you know for however long we got there what do you think like you can take you you took things away from winning a super bowl what do you think you can take away from losing the super bowl to bring back you know to to you know to your team on the next run i mean because i'm sure you you learn things along that run and in that game that you might be able to take away well i think the biggest thing is making sure uh we had a, I had a, a lot of guys in, in the locker room that you know that some guys have been in, been in big games like that i think that um, things that I can share more with guys in the next Super Bowl, um, if I'm blessed to make one, is saving your energy and yeah. knowing that time is your biggest thing at halftime. Like our bodies are not used to those 30 minute halftime. You're used to those little short ones and you get two minute warnings and you back out, right? You're hot. Yeah. 
even I those are too long. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They should give us a high C on the sideline and send us right back out. Just like fucking youth soccer. Yeah. You know, just give them an orange slice and get them mm-hmm. back out there. Yeah. I, I got stiff watching the game and sitting at halftime, you know? So a couple of uh a couple of rule changes that were coming out of this uh this owner meeting that's going on right now that they're proposing. I wanted to t- I wanted to get your take on them. Uh number one, coaches can challenge personal fouls. What do you think about that? You're somebody that plays on the edge. I'm sure you've had a couple personal fouls. Uh, usually, though, you're actually helping BG avoid getting a personal foul, uh, which, which is my favorite thing to watch. Well, actually, let's start there. How do you wrangle BG? And, and what's probably the, the, the number one time that you were like, hey, please shut the fuck up right now. Like, I don't need you pissing this guy off because I got to deal with him. Uh I was young, so when I was younger, I was, you know, always a little bit of scared to say something to, to an older guy that's been around. But older I got, and the closer we got, me and BG, uh, the easiest way to calm BG down is to talk to him in his most calm voice ever. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, he's like, "You right, Flitch? Yeah, I got you. Uh-huh. You right? You right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay." And mm-hmm. I'll be like, "So he'll start back yapping again." I'll be like, uh, "Hey, BG." This 600, 700 pounds is this guy got to come down on me. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't need you really pissing him off. Yeah. Like I saw him talking to Trent Williams. Uh, and I was like, I know you like to do this every game, but maybe take this one off. You know, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely guys we play against where you, you're just like, don't talk to him. You know, Fletch would have been yeah, one of them. Fletch is on the list where yeah. it's like, I got to go play Fletch. Just shut the fuck up. Don't talk to me or him. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So what do you think about uh, reviewing personal fouls? Are you pro or anti? No, nah, I won't do this. This, this. this is no, that's making the game longer, right? Oh, it's making the game longer. But in my mind, if you swipe hands on, on a guard, quick, easy access to a quarterback, take them down, and somehow they call a, well, ghost, yes. a ghost flag on you, not only it takes a sack away, it takes the, uh, well, you know, but that's a different question. Reviewing sacks, your stats go down, your team's yardage goes down but, there, but reviewing roughing the passer does seem like God. that's what I'm saying for you. It sounds like an, so I'm it seems like Kyle is a hidden yardage type guy. You want all the hidden. No, what, like I, what I'm saying is I don't, I don't want, want you to get a sack up. because you do the right thing. And then, and then you're, you're, you know, penalized for it i think that's a little different than like every personal foul i think the rough in the i'm not talking about now yeah what do you think about roughing the passer can can we are you at least pro reviewal on roughing the passer i would like to i would definitely like to to review that review a bunch of those because some of those are you can't take them back once they're called Mm -hmm. Uh, but you can review them now we're making some kind of progress and um obviously saving a guy a team 15 yards and saving another guy some some money in his pocket. Yeah, what's the most you've been fined on a football field? Uh 27,000 I think. Oh, that's not too bad. Should have no. fined you 100 grand for the ass whooping you gave me in the wild card game. Oh mother. boy, oh, well, the lead was was uh, the guys just beat me up away from the play there, you know, no cameras over there. He takes me to a hallway, beats me up. Yeah, is that how it went down? Yeah, it felt like it. Yeah, well, we we were on to <laughs> to who, the Saints next week, so I didn't look yeah. at the tape closely. Double doinkers. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this is one that your team has actually uh has proposed uh the eagles have proposed there's too many people on a team there's not enough numbers they want number zero to be available mm. 
which I think is like the ultimate like uh, swag daddy number. It's like, you know, that guy that you're like, oh, chill out, bro. You're not good enough to wear number zero, but people will do it anyways. Uh, are you pro number zero on a football field? And who would be the guy on the Eagles to try to wear number zero? It would have to be a defensive player. Yeah. Uh, Has to be a long snapper. Every team, long snapper, number zero. No, I don't like that. I think it's always going to be a D tackle. Somebody who thinks they're skinnier than they are. Yeah, well, probably. I mean, I've had 91 for too long, so I won't. My producer's there. pointing at Fletcher Cox. Okay. Uh, He's, he, I got a question for Fletch because I've, I've played against a couple guys. I played with a couple guys from Mississippi State, and they're all dogs. Can you tell me about what the culture is at Mississippi State that separates from other schools and why it's such a sleeper football factory in the NFL? First off, let's get this correct. Mississippi State is D-line U. All right. Put a stamp on that. Simmons, what's Sweat. The, what separates, Simmons, what Sweat, separates D-line U from other schools? Yeah, like, what is it, it about? It's, it's go, go, look, go look at where those guys are from, the state of Mississippi. Yeah, the SIP. The SIP, huh? It's hard nose. Banner. Let me say, let me, let me say Chris's favorite word. Blue-collared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do like and, that. And what separates guys like you is you have a ton of hobbies. Uh, what separates you to me is you got a ton of hobbies outside of football that at first glance I was surprised by. You're into drag racing. You have your own drag racing team, right? Yep. You like archery and hunting. Are you, are you yep. into like traditional archery? Do you like crossbows? What are you shooting at these animals and targets? In today's world, I'm using a crossbow. Okay. Uh, a lot easier on the, uh, on the upper body, honestly. You ain't got to keep drawing back, but, uh, or rifle. So, um, drag racing is obviously, um, a hobby. And I love, I love, you know, I like both of those. But is uh, there an animal that when you kill it, you feel bad? I only know one type of animal, Chris. What's that? Hogs? A dead one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so there's no, like, you know, the, the hogs, you don't feel bad. The deer, you don't feel bad, even with the movie. Band and you're eating this stuff, right? You're, you're eating this stuff. Well, we're not eating feral hogs, but well, uh, other eat. than the feral hogs that are that are killing the land, you're harvesting. Is that do you use the word harvesting? Are you one so of these we, like PC hunters? We're, we're harvesting animals. We aren't killing them. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's good. What's the, ba the what's the best tasting animal that you've killed? Uh, either axis or scimitar orcs. Axis oh. deer. Where is that? Some exotic bambies. They're actually a native. They're native. They're um, free range in Hawaii. Oh wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. wow. Okay. Is there a hunting show in your future, maybe? No, there's no hunting show. Yeah. It just takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Be like yeah. Trent Cole and Blitch TV. Trent, Trent, Trent Cole's Cole. got a... Uh, you need some uh, some contacts, mm -hmm. some colored contacts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get your song. Get your song. <laughs> I was a big Trent, Trent Cole fan growing up. You were. Oh, he was... Because uh, he had that double hand swipe. He was an animal. An absolute dog. Um. So, yeah, a lot more time for Fletcher Cox to get into hunting and fishing. Uh, it is the off season. He's got his deal done. Uh, 10 milli. Uh, easy. Easy money for, for mm. a legacy player like Fletcher Cox. A couple and more we, rifles. And we get to, how many more years you want to play? Uh, I don't know. We might have to. Uh, <laughs> One year at a time. We'll be having this conversation this time next year. Yeah, I think we will. Okay. Um, then I'll be there in person then, so we'll be. Yeah. You need to, yeah, you need to come, you need to come down to Studio J and, uh, enjoy, uh, the vibes. Uh, hang out. Fletch, appreciate the time, buddy. Um, 
and uh congrats on the deal my man man appreciate it i appreciate you guys having me man it's it's an absolute honor I made well, the green light pod. well thank you for getting uh the name of the pod right unlike bg who when we saw him at the super bowl was like ah the green pod <laughs> the green pod but you're talking about bg though <laughs> yeah he, uh, not making, thanks a lot Fletch. not making it's, sense it's, man it's fun to see you man it's good to see you brother it's good it to see good the to puppy see too yes sir philly oh, yeah he's chilling he waited on me to get off yeah well come visit us buddy all right holler at me later okay buddy love you man all good right, to see, see you, you.